This is the 2.5, Conversations Connecting Innovators. Welcome to the podcast, to the very first episode actually. My name is Klaus. This time I'm going to talk to musician and music producer Christian Ivanovsky from Macedonia, also known as Imix, about his music and the process to create his work. We are talking about his love for Mark Knopfler's music, the influence of Jedi mind tricks and music producer Chromatic on his development as a musician. Imix is a self-taught guitar player that started with passion for music and with the help of his community as he has a lot of friends in bands, a network he draws upon often. He likes hip-hop and rock and roll and is situated in between genres. He actually prefers this sometimes uncomfortable place between two chairs and accepts it as a source of inspiration. As an innovator, Imex is switching between classical guitar and a laptop as his favorite instruments to create his music. Today he is multi-instrumental, playing also drums, bass guitar, keyboards and he even sings. His beats are used on major YouTube channels such as Unbox Therapy with more than 15 million fans. He is a master of the computer as a complex instrument, but he loves playing the guitar and keeps one around all the time. He again supports his friends' bands regularly in their shows. He has built his own style as a musician and a producer and believes he is still on a journey with more to come. Imix is using the digital platforms to his advantage to address a global audience from his hometown in Macedonia, Europe. In our conversation, Imex also talks about the right place and time to be creative and about the vision that starts his projects. His dream is to play with Mark Knopfler from Dire Straits. Imex is also the creator of this show's theme song. This is the first episode. Starting the podcast with a conversation with the musician seemed appropriate. The bandwidth of the creative as well as the commercial process a musician has to cover is enormous and serves as a good example for innovators. You can find all the links in the show notes below. For more information, visit the2.5.net. Here's my conversation with Imix. Well, I, I was quite... I'm prepared for a pro, so, but <laughs> I think we'll be okay for the next time. This is my first uh, podcast and recording, actually. So, okay, you, you said that you're not good with words, so you you normally don't sing, but you make music. Yeah, uh, no, I actually sing, but uh, the album is called "I'm Not Really Good with Words" uh, because of. I'm better with music than with words. <laughs> <laughs> so actually music is some sort of like your words? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm actually trying to, to say things through my beats and through my music. I, I think that's an interesting start since I myself, I don't play any instrument at all. I'm not, I'm, I'm listening to music. I'm a consumer of music. Um, yes. So it's, you're quite on the opposite end. You're producing music. What is your background? What made you start producing and making music? Uh, well, I started playing guitar like uh, almost 10 years ago. My, my, cousin was a drummer he's older than me so he bought me a guitar an acoustic guitar and i really loved 
the guitar and I wanted to learn to play. And I'm a self-taught guitarist. So that's actually the first instrument I've learned. Uh, then I started producing uh, beats. I really liked hip hop and rock and roll. So I, I'm still in between. I can't pick one. <laughs> uh, so I started producing beats. I was inspi inspired by Jerry Mind Tricks. If you've heard of the, uh, it's a hip hop group from the United States. That's, that was the, the inspiration mainly. And a few years ago, I started playing drums and bass guitar and a little bit of keyboards. So you play the guitar, bass guitar, drums, keyboards. Yeah. And, yeah. and you're playing, let's put it that way, the computer. You're able to, yeah. to mix all that on, which is sort of a different instrument by itself. Yes, and I think as well. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so so basically, you're, you're your own band. Yeah, yeah. I was. Uh, I'm being uh, told that very often. <laughs> so, do, do you actually do all the the different instruments on your on on, on your music yourself, or do you work together with others? Uh, well, uh, most of my hip hop beats are sampled, but when I do uh, other kind of music like classic music or uh, I don't know rock, I play the instruments mostly on the keyboard. Or if I have guitars, I play the guitars, and that's my workflow basically. Okay, because you could you could basically go into any direction you wanted to you could do the like the electronic stuff you could go into like instrumental stuff you, you could do some classical music also yeah. <laughs> i mean that's quite a range of music that you are able to produce to do yeah i, I also fit in many bands <laughs> so they they've been uh, calling me to play in electronic bands in uh, rock and roll bands in i don't know punk bands because of the variety of instruments i can play and also because of the electronic knowledge so so you're actually well connected with your colleagues people come to you and and ask you to participate in in their bands produce their music yeah wow uh, how come how did that start for you i mean 10 years ago that's about 2009 it it started yeah. somehow What made you? I was, I was in eighth grade, actually. I was very young, so uh, I, I don't know. I kind of liked producing, and I was uh, back at back in the day. I was producing like ten beats per day. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, well, they were not as good as today's music, but okay, it was something, and. Uh, Then I started looking into recording and microphones and uh, software engineering, like uh, mixing and mastering. So I was recording some demos for me and my friends. I have a lot of friends who are in bands. So that's how I started. And uh, I don't know. Like, I guess that's it. <laughs> yeah, it's normal if you start something that you're not 
that you you're not at your very very best um, but actually somehow inside yourself you normally know how it could sound or how it should sound did you or how the result should be at some point of time did you did you have a like an idea of of what you sound like when you started even you had didn't have the abilities to bring it out into the world yet well in at the beginning uh, i was actually trying to copy the the producer of jeremine tricks uh he's called stupe or stoop i don't know how they're saying his name uh, and i was actually trying to sound like him but i guess after three or four years my style has changed and actually many people have told me that they recognize uh, my beats even if they don't read the the name or the tag you know okay yeah so i've i've built kind of my own style with the textured bass that i use with the drum kits that i use uh, with the style of sampling that i do i guess Mm -hmm. but so basically you you had something in mind that was sort of always playing with you in in the background and and that sort of gave you a, a kick to start your own stuff also yeah i guess you could say that uh, because even now when i'm listening to music uh if i hear something that could be a, a sample i'm already hearing the drums and the bass that would fit with that sample so i'm basically i'm listening to hip-hop beats in everything i hear <laughs> <laughs> that's incredible because uh listening to say your hip-hop beats and i'm i'm not really familiar with all that music and all that uh all the variety that is out there i'm a consultant right so I, yeah. I I'm in a different scene normally, but when I listen to your stuff, I can hear so much complexity. There is so much stuff going on at the same time. Sometimes it's very quiet, also, but most of the time there is just stuff going on all the time. Well, I'm mostly do beats uh, as I feel in the moment. So if I'm sad, the beat is kind of down tempo. It's sad. If I'm happy, the beat will be up-tempo. It will be like uh, groovy, I don't know. If I'm hyped up, the beat will be hyped up. So that's kind of what I do. I can't just, uh, if I'm not feeling like making a beat, then I can cannot make a beat. I have to be in the mood to make music. Okay. Well, that's kind of... A good thing, isn't it? Since you're, you, you have to have some sort of uh, um, starting or initial point to start something new, and and if you're feeling nothing at all, what there is nothing that you can transport in in whatever you're doing. Yes, yes. I I I need to have a drive to make a beat. If I don't have any kind of drive, I I cannot I cannot force it. It will not sound good. It will not sound like me. So that's something that you have discovered about yourself, that you have to have something that starts you as sort of the, the creative uh, process. Yes. 
Is there anything that you, I mean, you can't force a creative process, but is there anything that helps you to start this process? Well, listening to music helps me a lot. I listen to jazz and blues music, so it can get me in the mood. Okay. So, so, so you might listen to uh, some upbeat jazz and still do something, say, something sad or something completely different uh, since hip-hop beats are far away from blues music. Well, yes, but uh, upbeat jazz don't mean that it can always uh, set you in a good mood. Maybe there's some melody that can actually sound sad, even though the whole song is like groovy and happy. So basically, I don't know, it's just how I feel it, you know? Sometimes... Um, the beats that that you're working on, I don't, I, I don't understand words if there was any words since it's a it's a different language, right? I I, I speak German, I speak English, yeah. I speak some other languages. So, but sometimes there's um, uh, something also maybe very very strong uh, in in this music. Uh, is this what kind of um, initial reactions or, or a starters do you need to do something like that i'm sorry i didn't understand yes it was it was a difficult question i think because i just remembered <laughs> uh now maybe let's let's put it another way for for this podcast uh, i i have to you um as imex um okay. you are the creator of of the music that i am using in the podcast And it took me a long time, a really, really long time to find music that I really liked, that I really cared for, that uh, sort of had the right impression for an innovator's podcast. Something that was relaxed at the same time as it was, as it had a certain energy. And, and there was also um, a sense of suspense also uh, in the music. So will play uh, a bit of this music uh, later on and and then I, I think it's quite obvious uh, what I liked it was like there was a, a pause in the music and really that really made me think of this piece as very very special but at the same time I thought it was very complex and uh, and I was my question is how do you make how do you uh, What is um, why, how can you uh, create such a suspense type of thing? I'm I'm copying the link to the music um, uh, I've selected yeah. in 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 our chat window, so you can you can play it and you can hear it because I don't think okay. there's any other other way uh, to do that. Um, and I, I, I re, I'm really impressed by such a suspense thing. It's, it's sort of you, you're leaving in the, the leaving the music in the air. Uh, I, I know this bit. I saw the name and I remember what this is. So, um, well, to be honest, uh, it mostly, uh, to be honest, it mostly depends on the sample. But I'm always trying to uh, make it not too, you know, uh, I don't want to just 
throw things on my beats just to sound rich. I wanted to uh, kind of keep it simple, but the melody, uh, I want the melody to, to tell something, you know. It will be a short melody, but it would be something like, you know, intense. It would be maybe dramatic, maybe happy, maybe playful. I wanted uh, the melody to, uh, uh, how to say this, uh, to lead the beat, the instrumental. It w you would it would be ahead of of the mu of the beat. Yes, I always do melody first, then I do the drums, and uh, last I do bass and uh, percussion and effects. But first, I do the melody. That sounds like a like a really f special thing to do because it's so easy to start with the beats. Uh, it's basically a machine that you sort of fine tune. But if you start with a melody, you have to do something extra. You have to do the like keyboards or 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 do I, I don't know how you create the sounds, but that's more yeah. difficult, right? To start with. Yeah. So well, yeah. You know what's even harder? <laughs> uh, the I don't know if you know what sampling is. Is like using an old piece uh, of jazz music, mm -hmm. and like uh, basically it's just slicing the the piece into your own melody. You know, like it has I don't know horns, pianos, uh, guitar. I don't know what, but you kind of chop the 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 melody and the sounds and you uh, you know like scramble all those notes and instruments and create your own melody out of that piece okay sounds difficult well uh, it i mean after 10 years of working it really is not <laughs> sure. but i guess for a beginner it it really is you, you have to hit the right notes you have to maintain the right pitch you have to make all the instruments uh, clear and uh, hearable so it, it it really is so so what you're actually doing is you have some sort of um, melody in mind and you're creating that melody also by picking up bits and pieces and changing and working with these pieces from other pieces of music yes and also adding my own instruments on top of them. We are talking, right now we are talking about music, but this is also the way that we produce, for example, a new product or uh, a new service as, a, as an innovator. So I, I like the parallel here. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, I don't know, maybe... That's just how things work. <laughs> Maybe, right? But still, so but for you it's it's something that you get used to of, over time. You're working on on these uh, on your beats for for 10 years. You're doing live music, I suppose also. So so you you work yeah. with lots of different musicians. You you pick up melodies and beats. That's something that if you listen to them it says something to you, I suppose. Well, yes, you could say that. Um, let's say I'm at a restaurant or at a nightclub and I hear songs and I hear the songs different than the other people, I guess. 
because I hear melodies that could sound like something else. I hear drums that could sound something else in some else uh, music, you know, like I could use or I could change to be better or, you know, I, I constantly hear music in my mind like I'm uh, remixing it. Do, do you also do some, when you hear something interesting, do you like pick up your, your phone and, and do some recording of it right away? Or how do you keep note of that? Uh, well, I try to find it through Shazam or the Google app, who is, uh, you know, like detecting the song. Mm -hmm. And then I listen it at home. But I'm trying to remember the, the moment and the feeling I felt at the moment uh when i was when i thought of the melody and the you know what it could be what you're actually doing is also you transport the feeling of that say evening of that uh, dinner uh, with friends uh in a special atmosphere uh listening picking up some of these elements that you listened to and transform that into a new song and a new piece of music well You could say so, yeah. But you wouldn't tell anybody or maybe you would pick, um, for example, the, the title of the song, but else nobody would know what's behind, where the, these things came from. Well, my closest friends, you know, they, they know I produce uh, music a lot. So I actually, I'm sometimes annoying, annoying by... Uh, telling people, hey, look, this is a sample. Hey, here, this is a sample. This could go like this, you know. And they're just having their, their beers and I am like listening to the music very carefully. Uh, so, yeah, they they might know what's what's coming up with, with that piece of music that we're listening to right there and then. Oh, okay, so, but, but it's you're like positively annoying since they're always expecting something new right now from you. Yes, yes, yes. Well, that's, I, I think that's really, really nice is the wrong word, but for, for other words, uh, for the lack of words, I, I, I kind of like that right now because it shows that you have that, that passion for what you're doing, for what you're creating and you do it in a way that your friends are sort of participating in, in that passion also right away so they would understand right away in what position or in what place you are when you listen to a good beat and, and, and then tell them. Well, yes, my, my friends are actually very supportive and they sometimes even they send me songs that I could sample, you know, or I could find inspiration from. Sometimes they are with me while I make beats. I... I guess they're being pretty supportive, yeah. Okay, do, do they also <laughs> participate sometimes and with uh, and play some instruments or, or, or add a loop, uh, say something that you sort of change uh, and, and put it in, in the yeah. song? Well, well, yes, I, I guess so. Because some of them are uh, music musicians also. So they maybe find the drum set not be fitting with something I do so they would recommend me something else and yes I actually uh, I've been doing uh, music uh, with a bunch of people a lot of times when you do this music you, is it 
you could, could would you do that with your say with your guitar or would you be able to do something like that with using your computer um since it's it might be not as spontaneous to use the computer well well i guess it depends on the situation i have guitar laying all over wherever i go <laughs> Great. Like i have dozens of guitars so that's it i i guess i could pull off a guitar right away. anywhere anytime yeah yeah But but okay, I understand. The guitar, like an acoustic guitar, you can pick up right away. It's kind of like a pencil that you use and a piece of paper to to try yes. a, a beat or or some sort of tune. And the more um, advanced instruments that would be like your your laptop, you you couldn't pick up right away and and do something. With. Yes, well, I mostly keep my laptop at home or uh, at my studio mm -hmm. i don't have a real studio but i have something going on so uh basically uh, but anytime uh, anyway uh me and my friends uh, very often gather at my house or there at, in the studio so however i'm i'm always uh available music so you're doing like these spontaneous jam sessions basically yes 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 would you always record these or is it just f sometimes just for fun uh no i i actually very rarely record my jam sessions and sometimes i'm <laughs> sad that i didn't because sometimes a jam session turns out to be epic and you cannot recreate that kind of stuff you know It just goes, it flows for some time, for a period of like maybe half an hour. We are jamming uh, super hot. And then when we try to record, we lose the, the sense and the feeling mm -hmm. of the, the, the grooves that we had. So, so you basically should have a, like a set of microphones and, uh, and a Zoom recorder with you all the time. Well, basically, yes. <laughs> Uh, because I, I pick up a guitar literally everywhere I go and everywhere I see a guitar. I also play guitar on other people's live shows. Like I go to the stage and I'm like, okay, can I play one song? You know, mm -hmm. and well, most, most, uh, most musicians from my town know me. And sometimes even they invite me to, play some songs on their show so basically it it i think uh it hasn't been a day that i haven't played at least one note on the guitar an acoustic guitar is for me who, uh, who is not into music that much is so far away from the electronic hip-hop beats how do you How do you make sure? I mean, it works well for you, obviously, but it's incredible to see that large distance between these two instruments. Well, uh, I like to consider myself as a musician, not just as a beat maker or as a guitarist, but a musician in, you know, uh, that can do a wide, uh, uh, wide. Uh, styles of music you know like i do classical music i 
I can make punk music, metal music, uh, rock music, uh, hip hop. I don't know. Uh, I've electronic music. I've literally tried every genre that I could. <laughs> so. Okay, and and which one do you prefer the most, or is it like depends on on your f mood uh, on on a certain day? Uh, well, I could say that hip hop is like my main genre. Then uh, rock is uh, the second genre, and everything else comes third. I can do dubstep. I can do uh, I don't know house music, uh, side trance music. All kinds of stuff, depending on the mood. Yeah, that sounds really great. So, so you're actually you're into music. You started that a long time ago, basically at school. You have a lot of friends that support you, and you also support them when doing music. And with them together, you you also get into that flow type of thing when you're when you're jamming and trying something new. Also, one of my friends is managing my uh, Instagram and my Facebook page. And they like to be involved in the, you know, in in the Emacs thing. So, so how did you come up with Emacs? You have your normal name, your Christian name, or your your your, your birth name, and yeah. and then you came up with Emacs. How did that start? For it's a, like a personal branding thing. Well, <laughs> this is funny because I don't remember how I got my <laughs> my, my artistic name. I'm always thinking that it came from some sort of a cartoon that I cannot remember. And from what I remember, it was a core of some uh, crystal that was named Emacs. So maybe if someone can tell me if they've watched the cartoon, they can message me. I don't know. <laughs> I actually don't know what Emacs means. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, but it, it has a certain vibe to you. It, it's uh, it it you, you like the sound of it. It looks good. It was available, I suppose. Yes, yes, yes. So how much how much extra uh, time and effort did you put into into establishing a sort of a, a brand around your music? Uh, well, to be honest, I started uh, to put extra time into branding, into making myself a brand, uh, not uh, longer than one year ago. I was just, you know, I was, one year ago, I was just doing music. And that's all it was to Emacs. But I was like, there's, I, there must be something more. <laughs> People started reaching out to me. Uh, uh, Unbox Therapy has used many of my instrumentals in their videos so uh shout out to unbox therapy for you know being here for me uh anyway uh, people started reaching out and i was like maybe i'm not just a small hometown producer maybe um, i could be something more you know so i i'm actually still trying to make a brand out of the emacs name and music as every innovator knows this is kind of hard to to start a new brand it takes a lot of time and effort and it takes good friends and but at the base is a 
say talent or a very well something that people like and that people care for you just mentioned unbox therapy which is um, a huge let's put it that way video channel with uh, uh, originating from Canada but watched all over the world with um, several millions of subscribers you are not in Canada you are in Europe so how did that come along I mean that's a, sort of a global corporation that yeah. you're, you're having going on yes well uh about uh, two and a half years ago i think louis hilson tagger the uh, ceo of unbox therapy uh contacted me on my soundcloud he wanted to buy a beat from me to use as a background music and i back in the days i didn't even know who he was and what unbox therapy was but he was buying a batch of beats from me. And I was like, one day, uh, I was like, hey man, like you really bought at least 20 or 30 beats from me. Like, what do you do with them? I want to hear the, the product, you know? Mm -hmm. And I guess he sent me a link or something to the channel. I don't remember. So that's when I found out <laughs> where my music was going. <laughs> and why the people were commenting Unbox Therapy on my beats. You know? so, so you weren't aware of the, the success of Unbox Therapy at the time? No, no, I didn't even know them. Basically, everybody knows you. Did, did that sort of change how you produce your music or how you produce the stuff and how you put it out? Well, I wouldn't say so, I think. I... I can I listen to my beats from let's say four to five years ago when I was when I wasn't producing for Unbox Therapy, and I still do the same workflow I was doing then. The beats sound similar. Um, I don't know, maybe just quality wise, I'm I'm getting better, like better at mixing and mastering post producing my music, but the the workflow and the feeling are the same. Okay, so even starting um, a song or a new new beat, forgive me if I use the, the wrong words, like maybe a, it's not a song that you're doing. So you're basically still relying on your mood, on, on these impressions that you get from, from the outside to start something new. Yeah. And, and if you think that's good enough, you start producing something. something. Yes, yes. So it... it it doesn't matter if I'm doing a beat for a rapper, if I do a beat for a YouTube video or for a podcast. I just make beats and people who like to buy them, buy them. So that's how it goes for me. I don't make specific beats for, you know, people because I guess I, uh, it, it wouldn't sound like me. People would ask something that would fit them and not that would fit my style of uh, working. So I rarely do those kinds of stuff. I mostly just make a beat, uh, put it out on SoundCloud or YouTube. And if there's someone that likes it, they contact me and I can sell it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Actually, I, I think it's kind of a scary thing to... Um, to put out your work into the world 
And because you then you start to be confronted with feedback, with sort of criticism, with positive and and, and negative things. How, yes. how, how does I mean the world is full of haters also uh, there's people that appreciate good work and others yeah. they just don't see good work how do you uh, how do you uh, these the feedback good and bad real original feedback is good and it can, can be critical also but it also always helps to to improve getting to know from your customer let's put it that way or you from your fans is important but how do you treat the stuff yeah. that is sort of less um supportive well i mostly try to you know make uh, fun out of it of the people who who are being hateful I mean, not making fun of the people, but of the comments they they make on my pages. Mm -hmm. So I don't hold a grudge for anyone that doesn't like my music. It's okay. I don't like somebody else's music and that's okay. But I guess most people are being supportive because let's say uh, that uh, most of my recent fans are from Unbox Therapy. And basically, they love the music that is being featured on Unbox Therapy so much that they, uh, you know, uh, try to find me. They look in the comment section, uh, etc. So I guess most people that come to my page really like my music because if they wouldn't, they wouldn't be bothering to, you know, find out who I am and find the music that I that I make since people are coming via unbox therapy they sort of have a have an expectation of what to get from your from your music what your music is all about yeah uh, yeah but it's uh, mainly people that like my music in the first place because if as i said if they didn't they wouldn't even come to my page page i would say uh I don't have many haters that come to my profile. I may have haters that don't bother to to come or comment on my music. So basically, I don't know if I have haters. <laughs> uh, but yeah, they don't they don't reach out to me. Mm -hmm. So so you actually you you're picking up good vibes from your fans. Yes. Yes. Basically, people are listening to your music. They are connecting with you um, via SoundCloud, for example. But Is there any other ways people connect to you or what is your preferred way to connect to your fans, to your audience? Well, uh, SoundCloud is my main platform. I have most uh, most of my fans on SoundCloud. And uh, basically, I put uh, most of my music out on SoundCloud. I don't have all my beats on YouTube or other platforms as I do on SoundCloud. Uh, so I'm actually, I'm dependent on SoundCloud. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, SoundCloud is a, a, a German, I think a Berlin based platform that allows musicians, artists, um, podcasters, also like me to bring their music, their sounds to the world. It's easily embeddable. 
the, the, the beats are, or the, the songs are easily embeddable in other websites. You can comment, uh, ask questions while listening to, to the music. And also you can comment at a very special section of a music if you prefer something a lot. I think that's a very nice feature also. Uh, yes. Well, as I'm using SoundCloud for nearly 10 years now, I didn't have any kind of major problem. I see people hating on SoundCloud for, I don't know, uh, copyrights or whatnot. I've never had a problem with SoundCloud about copyright infringement or anything. Oh, wait. Uh, but I don't know. SoundCloud just fits for me. Okay. You know? Some people doesn't like it. They post music on ClickTrack or Bandcamp. SoundCloud works really fine for me. Do you uh, look at the analytics of uh, of SoundCloud? Is that something that you that you that is important for you to make decisions uh, which track you're sort of pushing or or further developing? Well, not really, because um, I bought the Premier account not too long ago. It's like been a month or so. So I'm just uh, what I'm doing now with uh, SoundCloud analytics. I'm uh, I can see which countries listen to me the most mm -hmm. and which beat they listen to the most. But I put the beats uh, in my spotlight that I feel that they should be brought to attention. So you're you're using these these things to connect with your audience, and you're sort of looking at analytics also. But basically, what you do as an innovator, and I'm calling you an, an innovator here, is you rely on on um, on moods, on your ideas uh, of a special day or based on a special moment uh, to produce your product. Let's put it that way. Yeah. I'm not sure I quite understood the question. But... <laughs> yes, it, it wasn't. I was just trying to to sort of create, put your situation um, and transform your situation to um, the situation, say, of a of a product manager, of a person that starts a, a new product uh, that um, where it's always important to to look at your audience, look at your fans, at your customers and, and get their reactions. Yeah. But actually it's so much more important in, in many cases to not simply look at what your customers ask you to do, but what you think the customers would like if they knew what that what they would like to have. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, okay. I think I, can, I understood uh, now. Uh, basically... I don't uh, I don't do music specifically for what customers want. I still do music that I feel like doing, you know. And since people loved my work so far, I guess I'm I'm basing my music on that because uh, I was always doing what I do and I continue to do what I do. Mm -hmm. Because people loved what I do, I guess. Even the next songs that I'm releasing, they're going to like them since they're based on what I was doing before. <laughs> 
to put it that way. Yeah, but but I understand since it's very since there's similarities or it's it's sort of grounded in into what you've done before. But you it it looks to me that you are always evolving. Um, that you do new things. That you don't do the same thing twice. Uh, well, yes, I I guess so. Many of my beats are different, but uh, they're they have this this Emacs vibe that you can feel, you know, like, I don't know, people have been telling me that if they played a bit that they couldn't see my name on it, they could guess that it was my beat uh, based on the, you know, the production and the feeling. I am kind of evolving. I, I didn't like trap at, at the beginning, by the way. I'm, I started doing trap like not more than half year ago. I like the the innovative process process of doing trap music because uh, I always play the the trap beats on keyboards, and that's what that's when I actually if I'm feeling like playing keyboards, then I will do a trap beat. If I'm feeling like sampling, then I'm doing a old school hip hop beat mm -hmm. and I guess trap beats are kind of evolving for me and also the electronic music is uh, evolving if you could put it that way I don't know but yeah okay so so what you're also saying is it's not that you are just evolving but there is some you're in very close contact and you're paying attention to what other people are producing and making Yeah, I'm trying to to keep a pace with the the time, with the modern music, I I guess. But I'm also doing the the old school, the '90s vibe beats on the side. Actually, I do the '90s vibe as a main uh, genre, but I do the the modern music uh, on the side, which adds lots of more complexity. And and I, I'm quite fascinated by by that. If if you, I look at that. I mean, you, you're an artist, you're a producer, you create music in different ways. Uh, you play the computer, you play the guitar, you play keyboards and, and so on. In the beginning, you said that you do all these different instruments. In a way, I, I thought I or I considered the computer also as an instrument uh, since it creates a different style of music or a different type of music or brings at least everything together in, in one piece. Do you consider like the producing time also as playing an instrument or is it something completely different for you? Well, it is different unless I'm using a keyboard because when I sample beats, I I, I don't use a keyboard. I use just the mouse and the computer. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, if I'm using a keyboard, then, then you could say that I'm playing music because I'm thinking of I chord progressions of melodies, of scales, etc. And when I'm sampling, I'm just listening to the music that's already there and trying to rearrange it to make to make it sound like more like me. And mm -hmm. it's it's a different process. It's interesting that for you there is so much difference between 
one instrument and the computer because from my point of view i i saw i thought it was just another let's put it that way another instrument with different sounds different possibilities but it's it's good to hear uh, your your point it's it's just uh it's two different things i i think it's two different things actually when i make beats i'm composing and uh when i play music i mostly play uh, music that's you know already there old rock songs or something i don't know whatever i feel like playing mm -hmm. so it's it's uh the difference is uh one is composing and the other is just you know playing and practicing which uh, and composing would be the instrumental part or the computer part the computer part actually <laughs> okay the, the instrumental part is practicing <laughs> for the composing so so what you what you're also saying is it is really important to know your tools really well like your instruments uh, your computer you need to know how it works how the software works so you can sort of stretch uh, the things or go to the limits also well yes because uh, uh, basically uh, I sometimes make a beat in 15 minutes mm -hmm. all from scratch to the you know to the finish where, where it's uh, done it can be posted on the internet like 15 minutes and that's all based on the the DAW I'm using, I'm using FL Studio, and I've literally learned the DAW as the palm of my hand. You know, okay. Uh, if I have a vision of a bit of a melody that I, you know, I've heard, then all I need to do is just open up the DAW, and I already know uh, what's uh, where and what should I do, and I just assemble the things. Uh, in the door and that's it the the beat is made in in my head before i open the door okay yeah. how do you perceive see that vision of a piece of music how is it do you see like colors or do you see do you hear tones is it like how do you uh, what, what is the the first thing that you perceive of your vision well i hear a loop and i kind of beatbox to it in my mind okay you know? like i'm i'm i remember lots of sounds of drums you know like they're in my mind and i just Uh, I'm I'm changing the drums and the the melodies right then and there. And when I when I hear the final product, I just open up the the door and put it as I as I hear it. Okay. And since you know your like, um, I think I need to explain that the door is like the DAW, which is your software that you're using to. Uh, to yes. yes. Okay. And since you know your your tool so well, you simply know what to pick. Uh, in terms of beats and other things and where you loop stuff or where you sort of change uh, uh, things uh, around easily. Yes, exactly. I, when I open the door, I already know what kick to use, uh, where do my bass come from, where do my melody come from. No. I don't search through things to find what kind of bass to use. I already have in mind what kind of bass to use and what kind of drums to use. No, mm -hmm. so, so that's I'm saving a lot of time on that. 
So, so you have a, a really straightforward uh, process here, uh, like straightforward creative process. You have something in your mind, you hear all these different bits and pieces, it's, it becomes live inside your head, let's put it that way. And once things are very clear to you, you start working on it. And then it's basically a very straightforward thing without lots of experimenting. Uh, well, yes, I I already do the the bit in my head, as I said. Yes. And then I I, I just need the door to uh, you know uh, make an audio file out of it. I already have the audio file in my <laughs> you know in my head. Yes. And I just the door is a kind of an instrument to let you know how the audio file sounds in my head. Yes. So, so wouldn't it be great to have some sort of special helmet with uh, electrodes and stuff that would simply pick up the sound from your head? Yeah, I guess then I would be able to make beats in like two minutes. <laughs> <laughs> well, but you still have to do the experimenting in your head before. So once you have recorded everything, is that something that you sort of put out in the world right away or do you wait like for another day or two until you publish it no i i'm publishing it right right away i export i have a i have an artwork that i use on my soundcloud on all the songs and that's it so no looking back you ha you have everything made up right ready made in your hand you've recorded yeah. it bring it out into the world and that's it there's no experimenting yeah. and working on that recorded file yes basically I'm, i'm pretty sure that it is what it is it, it is the best it can get where do you get that feeling that tells you that it is the best you can get here if i'm working on a beat for too long i'm starting to lose uh, you know uh, my 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 feel for the beat You know, if I'm listening to it, because when I'm making a bit, I have to listen to it every time I put something new in it. Like if I change the snare, I have to listen through many parts of the bit. And if I do that like 200 times in a day, then the bit will become boring to me and I won't like it even if it's, if it's good, you know. So basically I like to do things uh, faster And I don't, I, I'm really rarely listening to my beats. I hear it as the, as the final product when I export it. If there's any mistake or, I don't know, some problems during the export. And once I publish it, I listen to it very rarely. Mm -hmm. Okay, it's like many actors say that about themselves, that they say they never really watch the movies they are in uh, because they can't sort of can't stand uh, listening to or looking at themselves on the screen do you like to listen to yourself or you just don't you, you just want to go on and proceed to the next piece um there are beats that i like to listen to uh, and there have been beats that i had in my phone like on repeat 24/7, but that happens very rarely you know? okay so so what you basically do is you produce something it's in your head you bring it into the world uh, via software and and then 
you go on to the next beat, you go on to the next idea. You can, yes. 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 Which is based on the last product, on the last song, on the last piece, but it's still something different, something new, since it's created, for example, in a different mood that you're in on it. Well, it's 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 not really. I'm sorry for interrupting you, nope. but it's it's not really based on my last beat. It's more like based on my last two or three years years of working. Mm -hmm. So if you take a listen on my SoundCloud, you will, you will see that beats that are put in in uh, a narrow time uh, uh, how do I say this? It, it might be you might have recorded something uh, two weeks ago and it might be completely different. Yeah, but uh, also uh, beats that are published uh, fast uh, one after the other, uh, let's say in a period period of like six months, mm -hmm. they will sound very similar, all, all of them, not just the last two, but I, I would say so all of them because I'm, I'm, my new music is based on the last, let's say, 20 bits, not just the last one. Sometimes you probably have the ideas or uh, for more than one piece. And so you sort of stretch it, uh, this idea or that theme or that vision across several pieces to st yes. maybe to even tell a story. Yes, well, mostly of my, uh, I do my albums like that, my instrumental albums. I'm releasing an instrumental al album very soon. I have nine out of ten tracks finished so i'm working on the tenth uh song and the album will be uh on all platforms like uh soundcloud youtube uh i think uh spotify bandcamp deezer etc mm -hmm. so when you can hear my first album you will see that the the theme is very similar well for most of the tracks uh and in the new album it will be like the same feeling in all 10 tracks it's just a different uh melody and vibe but it will be a like a chill hop beat uh album Okay, I've seen that you are working on a new album, and it, if you have nine songs out of ten already in the can, that that should shouldn't take too long un until you publish it. Is it something that will be more acoustically, or or will you rather use uh, the computer? I would say it's more organically, not acoustically. Okay, because I, I, it's all done on the computer. I haven't played much on the last album, but I was trying to find organic samples and sounds to use. And most of the beats feel like nature, <laughs> if I can put it that way. No, okay. I'm using nature sounds and you know, chill sounds. Like, I guess you could say if you listen to it, you would feel like you're in a forest or by a river, you know, that kind of stuff. 
Okay, so it will your your next album will it's it's like your next pro big project will be a new album that will be available on the, all the major outlets. Have you uh, ever thought of bringing all your music, your stuff to places like iTunes? People can actually buy the music and listen to it, say on their smartphones. Well, yes, the the next album is is going to be on all of them. Okay, even even iTunes. I forgot to mention it. iTunes, uh, how was it? Uh, Amazon Music, like literally almost every major platform. It's incredible how these platforms allow us to, as say, as creators, to be globally available without investing in the business well yes but uh it's really hard to get through on all of them mm -hmm. like if i'm famous on soundcloud it doesn't mean that i i will be famous on spotify or uh, other platforms maybe my soundcloud fans don't use spotify or don't use uh Amazon Music or iTunes, so they will just continue to listen to me on SoundCloud. Mm -hmm. Basically, uh, I don't know if the market will accept my new album. I I could say my fans will, because I've released few singles and they accepted them really nice. They liked the songs and. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so you actually. I mean, the, the album is a is a way to package also your product, the product of your creativity, your music, and and tell a story or or um, allow you to communicate something that is important to you at this certain time. You can sell it via the major outlets, which is quite simple to do right now. But you still have to do sort of marketing around the project about your new product about your new album uh you have still that tension will it fly or will what will people say and and i think think sometimes that's that's most one of the most important things that key, holds you back to do something new do you feel do you think that does it hold you back also to um to do something new uh right now or are you well uh This insecurity about is it a will it be some sort of success? Does that hold you uh, back? Well, I wouldn't say so because I still can uh, post my music on my main platforms, which are SoundCloud and YouTube. So I, I'm not like too uh, too worried about will the Spotify audience accept my music or not. I'm just. Let's say I'm interested in uh, seeing how the the people that listen to music uh, only on Spotify will react to my music. Many of my fans have commented that my music will blow up on Spotify, <laughs> but I, I don't know. I uh, the things that puts me back actually is my country <laughs> because uh, I'm still. Um, Spotify isn't available in my country, okay. so the album will be released uh, by a uh, record label from Serbia, and I guess I'll see from there for you know for the future mm -hmm. if if they accept my music, 
like if Spotify accepts my music uh, nice, I guess I will continue to to put my other stuff on Spotify. So does that mean that Spotify is not available in your country? So it's like geo-blocked or something? Yes. Uh, I'm. If I want to listen music to Spotify, I have to use a VPN. Mm -hmm. Because I can't, uh, when I log in, it says that I'm not, you know, I can't even listen to previews of songs. Mm -hmm. So that's like the down part. But actually, if I don't use VPN, I wouldn't be able to listen to my own beats that will be post <laughs> posted on Spotify. That's, that's irony, you know. Yeah, and even your friends wouldn't be able to listen to your music, yes. and give you feedback and... and Yeah, that's that's kind of odd, but still the rest of the world is able to listen to it, or most of the rest yeah. of the world. So uh, I think this is also this is inc an incredible thing and incredible possibility for for a creator uh, to do to reach fans. So there's something great happening to you right now with a, a new album that you're working on. You're also working on different beats that you're bringing out uh, uh, once in a while also. Uh, you, you can't live without music, basically. Yeah, yes, yes, that's very true. Uh, well, I'm already thinking about my next album, <laughs> which uh, I would like to involve uh, the guitar a lot. Okay. Like, It, it would still be kind of like a jazzy type uh, of uh, instrumentals, but with lots of guitar. Maybe I, I'm uh, quite inspired by the old Grammatic songs, if you've listened to Grammatic. No. Anyway, he's a producer from Slovenia, I think. Uh, and uh, he is doing many genres as well and I'm producing uh, I, my next album will be kind of inspired by him uh, I've, I've seen that you that you are also like Mark Knopfler oh I absolutely love Mark Knopfler he's my favorite uh, guitarist and Dire Straits is one of my favorite bands so um, maybe Mark Knopfler is uh, more like favorite guitarist than Dire Straits is my favorite band. But anyway, I, I really like uh, Mark Knopfler also. And you're probably aware of uh, the movie The Local Hero. Yeah. And, uh, and he made the soundtrack for this movie. And in summer, uh, I traveled to Scotland um, and to visit the place uh, where Local Hero was shot. And uh, okay. I always had the soundtrack in the back of my mind when when we <laughs> visited the place. And the best thing was in Arbroath, there is a, a fish and chip shop. And when we entered the shop, people were so nice and, and they were humming things, music and so on. And one of these people uh, working in the shop preparing fish hummed music from the local hero soundtrack from Mark Knopfler. So that was yeah. really cool. And I, I could tell right away and we got into a discussion and it was uh, a very simple way to get into contact via the music. 
uh, with this person, and and he loved the place. He had never been to to the place where Local Hero was shot, uh, but he loved the music, and and he's a big fan of Mark Knopfler also. The the power of music is absolutely beautiful. It's you know it's uh, it's a language that everyone can understand. You know. I think you're onto something. But when you when you try to speak to somebody else from another country, you need to speak basically English because that's like a common language. But it's still limited in a way. But music isn't. Music works basically globally as a language. Yes. Well, I guess uh, some of my songs can inspire the feeling that I had when I made them in other people. Like I could tell other people what I feel without saying anything, you know. You just you just listen to the music and you, I guess, feel pretty much the same as me. So, music is like really really beautiful thing, and I can't understand music. I can't understand people that that don't listen to music. I've seen people that say that they don't listen to music. <laughs> that's, I don't know, that's impossible for me. <laughs> <laughs> so if you, if you look in, into, into what, what you dream about professionally, what, what, how would you, what would be a, a professional dream that you wanted to achieve? Uh, well, I guess playing in a large venue is, what every musician is working for, but, uh, what would you not play? Just, what, where? What would you play? Uh, oh, what would I play? I, I guess I would probably play a solo guitar. I just love the, the sound of the acoustic guitar, you know, and I don't know. I, I would probably, compose something myself for for some acoustic pieces and and with whom would you play together with is do you have like an ideal person well mark Knopfler. of course yeah of course <laughs> if i could choose that would be Knopfler. Uh, i uh, he has um well they're not really acoustic tunes but it's rather acoustic sounding like clean guitars maybe if you know the song uh, 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 my brain froze uh, uh, sing it boom like that boom boom like that mm -hmm. it's called uh, boom like that uh I, I want to do that kind of stuff, that kind of music. And I don't know, Mark is just the best out there doing it. I can tell you the story behind the, behind the song. The song is actually about uh, the fast food uh, uh, man, um, Croc, if you, Ray Croc, if you heard. Yes. Yeah. The song is about Croc. So this man made such a song about a person who makes fast food, you know, mm -hmm. this, the music in the song is 
telling you much more than fast food. You know, if you uh, don't uh, search for the lyrics or for the meaning of the song, you wouldn't have the idea that it's written about a fast food restaurant. You know, it's just too beautiful to be a fast food uh, piece of commercial, as to say it, which is not, but you 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 get what i'm trying to say mm -hmm. so so you, 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 you one of your videos uh or one one of your pieces is called i'm not good with words but actually what yeah. you do is you you communicate via melody melody is important for you melody speaks melody transports emotions and what you actually want to say yes 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 yeah you could probably hear that the most in my composition which is called Homeland. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a classic, I mean, it's an orchestral comp composition. And uh, I don't know, that that uh, song is something that I was feeling very uh, strongly, you know, when I was making it. I was feeling like, sad and enthusiastic in the same time because my country was going through some problems back then i'm not too much of a patriot to be honest but i was i was feeling that way back then and i don't know maybe that's the song that you can feel the most i guess okay so it's something that deeply moved you that deeply sort of changed there was something outside of your uh, sort of outside forces that sort of changed the way your country was existing or your country was i mean it it and i see very much um May, may, I'm, I don't understand what you're talking about right now, but I understand that a lot of things have happened in your country in the past. And I guess it's very, very difficult not to realize what has happened to people that lived there before you. So you're a young person. Maybe you, you, you haven't realized all what happened, uh, but through your fathers or your, your, your other people, you understand what, what went, was going on. Yeah, well, I, I was driven by by the the patriotism that that's in me for that piece that's why it was called homeland actually uh, the music i didn't feel uh too much sad or you know like uh too much uh how to say uh down but i was just thinking about my country when I was making the music, like I was thinking about my country in a artistic way mm -hmm. as to how do I put melodies in this song that would represent how my country is at the moment, how I feel about my country at the moment, you know, like that's what it was for me. I guess a uh, few people that a uh, few of my friends that have heard the piece said that it really is sort of like that. Maybe uh, they felt it um, quite differently, 
all of them, but it it uh, brings out the the feel that I that I felt when I was making the song. Mm -hmm. Wow! I, I'm I, as I told you before, I'm not that much into music, but I'm fascinated of how uh, you are able to transport your mood um, ideas via music instead of words. And I'm quite quite intrigued how this works. Uh, and and I'm, I'm really happy that, that we have this conversation right now. Well, I like to think in melodies, you know, and like in instruments, like a violin can be a very sad instrument and it can be a very happy instrument. So basically... Uh, for me, it's more sad than happy. I don't use violence in, in happy music. Mm -hmm. But so if I'm feeling sad, I'm trying to make a melody that would represent what, what I would say with words, you know. As much as a painter would do something like that and uh, present what whatever he or she wanted to say in a painting, in an image, in I, I suspect that even in the very beginning, where you didn't know how to use your uh, DAW that easily, you still had all the things in your head and wanted to get it out the same way as it is today. Yes. Yeah. Yes. 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 Okay. So that's. And you sort of you you will evolve also, and and a big dream would be play more acoustically um, in a in a big venue with uh, something that you would compose of especially for such a venue. Ideally, yes. Well, I I would like to hear my pieces uh, played by orchestras or by bands. You know, mm -hmm. like even my hip hop things. Because I try to make them as much organic as I can. I'm not using too much electronic sounds. Mostly it's pianos, it's guitars, it's violins, you know. So I would love to hear some of my pieces played by an orchestra. You, you dream big. You, you, you probably envision also how these pieces sound like in your head played by an orchestra. Well, yes, I try to imagine <laughs> the way that that would sound, but I still want to hear and feel, you know, the 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 sound in a big venue or a hall, especially on my on my homeland piece. I would like to hear it played by an actual orchestra because. Yes, I composed it and played it on a keyboard on my DAW, but I think it will be a totally different feeling when the uh, the you know the piano player puts his emotion into the composition, the violin player puts his emotion into the you know violence and the the whole orchestra putting their emotions in the playing, you know, I guess it would sound a bit more authentic. 
It's like a multiplication of emotions and energy since you have not just one person doing the music, but you have, say, 20 or even more people doing music. Yes, 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 exactly. Like I would love to hear a violinist to uh, try to play the piece that I composed exactly as I've imagined it because maybe my uh, door doesn't allow me to to put that much feeling into an instrument you know like i if i uh get my guitar to play i probably can uh, play dynamics and uh you know the feeling of my uh, left and right hand like the picking uh strength you know like if i'm picking soft or if i'm picking uh strumming hard so i would like to see how an orchestra would perform that that piece. Do you write the notes? No, I actually uh, I'm I don't know theory, musical theory. Okay. I'm I'm z I literally know zero musical theory. Uh, I most of the uh, uh, theory I know is based on the guitar because I know the strings. Uh, as they are their root notes and the positions of the notes are basically like a piano let's take for an example the sixth string on the guitar it's an e mm -hmm. so all the frets down to the 21st fret are semitones if the open string is e the first fret is f the second fret is uh, f sharp the third fret is g etc so that helps me into producing, but I, I don't read notes as in a sheet. It's impressive that you still are able to do such great stuff without knowing all these things or without having formally studied all these things. Do you think that's, that's an advantage? Would, or would you want to study that formal part? Um, would you want to pick up studying the formal? You know, why I don't like studying musical theory is because i think that it might uh it might redefine me as a musician okay but in a bad way like i would compose as a robot because this way i i don't know what is right or what is wrong you know with my scales and with my notes and i'm doing it by ear so it's just it's like an open thing i can think of, on all sides and if i knew music theory then i would be like oh maybe this doesn't fit here you know it's not like in that scale or in this scale mm -hmm. and i would maybe uh, worsen the the composition does it allow you to break rules um, even better if you don't know about the rule yes i guess so because i i if i knew i guess if i knew music theory i would stick to one scale and this way i i could change scales and you know melodies so i actually didn't want to learn musical theory because of this and some of my fellow friends uh guitarists have told me that maybe 
it's better to stay that way because when you learn music theory you're co composing like this you know you're just uh, thinking once what's wrong and what's right in theory it's a bit like jazz music uh, i think i'm not really into uh, jazz music uh, theory but from what i remember is yeah it was people that started playing music for let's say the joy of music um and starting to to mix new things new instruments new uh, together in a completely new way without paying attention to the rules well yes uh, jazz music is really hard to learn and to play because every every participant in the music like in a band they're playing their their own thing you don't have rules the beat uh, the drums doesn't have to go like you know that there isn't a jazz i mean it's probably uh, there is a jazz groove that you could say it's uh i don't know it's universal mm -hmm. but uh you don't hear a same groove into jazz songs yeah it's always different even if it's a, a ghost note on the snare Uh, note on the symbols or you know it's a bit like what you said in the beginning when you ever you start jamming with your friend it's hard to reproduce whatever place you were just now again and it also shows that we're never never disconnected from our surrounding what happens around us moves us deeply or is actually affecting what whatever we're doing, whatever we are producing, whatever we are creating, uh, a lot. Even even on a on a scale that that you do, you're sort of you're rooted in your country, but you're reaching out into the world to fans, to supporters, to people that to an audience that that uh, appreciates what you're doing. So, yes. Well, I guess this piece is something you didn't expect from a producer like me who's making hip hop, you know, because I guess that's what you've heard of me so far. But yeah, I, I did hear Homeland before when oh. I was researching you um, and I was impressed by by that range of of your Of, of your of your languages let's put it that way right it's the musical yeah your, of yeah. your musical languages of your musical yeah. uh cap, cap, cap capabilities and of your musical interests also um and i kind of like that because in terms of somebody who is actually seriously creating something these people you people you uh, usually have a very broad um, base, um, very broad interest in, in, and are good in different type of things and not just in one thing, in one area. Yes, I, I guess that's true. It, um, I mean, I think musicians feel things differently than, you know, people who don't make music or don't listen to music. I think we can feel things a bit more 
deeply, as to say, because most of what we do is based on a feeling. If you're a construction worker, you you don't you know you don't have to feel things to make a wall or um, facade or uh, I don't know a bench. I don't know if that makes sense, but you you I'm trying to tell you what I mean by feeling things deeper. You know, it's the product that you're creating is such a such a personal thing. The process to get to this product, let's put it that bluntly as a product, is also a very personal thing. So every musician probably has their own way to get to to their music. Or do you see that there are similarities between you and other musicians that you work with? I guess, I guess so. I've never thought of it that way. But it makes sense now that you've mentioned it. You know? I mean, everyone has their own approach to making music, but to be honest, most of the musicians base their music on, except for the commercial music, it's based on money. <laughs> but ideally, everybody has to live, right? So uh, every, yeah. it, you find somebody that uh, resonates with the feelings that you create in music uh, and gives you money. Yeah, yeah. I mean, money is good and all but i think it has to have a point it has to have a feeling no mm -hmm. okay it's that's what music is all about for me at least since you're driven so much by music i suppose there is nothing other that sort of moves you in such a deep way. But is there anything else that that you're also passionate about? I guess not. Not as much as music. <laughs> well, I guess that's okay. Some people don't have a single one thing that, that they're passionate about. And, and if you're on a, such a level of passion for your music as you are, uh, that's a good thing. Thank you. Well, Christian Emacs, I'm very thankful for you uh, to have taken your time um, to talk with me about um, whatever drives you, whatever moves you, what, what brings you to create your music and... Um, I think for me that was very uh, was an insight into a different world thank you yeah, very well, much thank you for inviting me after our conversation we listened to Beats of Imex and he gave me more insight into his thinking What I think is fascinating that in his mind he is creating beats in everything he hears. He's a musician that tries to do his thing in a very challenging environment. Imex is using the digital possibilities the internet offers to create, distribute and market his work. I'm thankful he took the time for the conversation. As a side note, this is the first episode of my podcast. 
After years of learning and preparing, the show got off the ground at last. My name is Klaus Reichert. I'm an innovation coach and located in the southwest of Germany in the state of Baden-Württemberg. The 2.5 Innovator podcast is an idea more than three years in the making. This first conversation is the beginning and I have a long list of innovators I'd like to have a conversation with. This is the 2.5, a podcast that connects innovators through conversations. The development of the 2.5 was supported by many people. To thank a few, here's to Imex for the great music and the time he took for the conversation. Alex De Palma from the Podcasting Fellowship. The other aspiring podcasters of the fellowship. David Nibinski. Colin Gray from the Podcast Host. Andreas Ura from the University of Konstanz. And my wife Barbara. And thank you for listening. My name is Klaus. This is the 2.5 Conversations Connecting Innovators.